Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Let's get ahead of next week's waiver wire next on Fantasy Football Today in 5. Welcome to FFT in 5. I'm Chris Towers. I'm here with Dan Schneier. And we're here to talk about some beat the waiver wire targets ahead of week 11, I guess, right? Yeah, that's how it works. We're in week 10, and we're looking for players you could add Saturday, Sunday morning, just in case they go off and become the big players to target for week 11. And and the first one I want to mention is Leonard Fournette. He's 43% rostered. I can't say that's too low. That might even be too high. It's Leonard Fournette, after all. He looked pretty washed up last season. Uh, but, you know, the, the Bills did sign him, presumably with the intention to add him to the active roster when he's ready. They, you know, James Cook has been very good. I don't understand quite why they don't trust him with a bigger role, but they don't. And so we've still seen a lot of Latavius Murray, Leonard Fournette, in theory, is a more dynamic version of Latavius Murray, can give them more in the passing game, and can be that goal line back if that's how they want to use him. So there could be a point where Leonard Fournette becomes pretty useful for fantasy. So he's worth stashing. And and one guy I'm just going to continue to hammer is Zay Jones, who did return to practice this week from his knee injury, but he was wearing a brace. I would think he's probably not going to play this week. So Down to 27% rostered. He had a big role the first couple of games with the Jaguars. was getting a lot of end zone targets. I think he has a chance to be, one, someone who helps unlock some things for Trevor Lawrence because they want to spread the ball around. He gives them another option. And two, could just be a useful fantasy option in his own right. You know, we we expected Calvin Ridley to make him kind of uh, not matter this season, but that hasn't, you know, Calvin Ridley hasn't gotten that kind of target share. Sure, they're... So there still could be room for Zay Jones. Dan, who are some beat the wire of our targets for you? So I've pinpointed Ty Chandler on the sure. Vikings. Obviously, Cam Maker's injury. I just think there's an opportunity for him, and I liked his talent coming out of Tennessee. And they liked him, too, in the preseason. Mm-hmm. They just looked to upgrade with Cam Akers. I'm also looking at stashing a defense ahead of Week 11, and that defense is going to be the Seahawks. With the Rams on the schedule in Week 11, the idea that maybe, just maybe, Matthew Stafford's injury is a little worse than anticipated with Carson Wentz now coming in. Um, and I just love the idea of anyone but Stafford, a defense against anyone but Stafford on that Rams offense. Um, yeah, I mean, Carson Wentz with maybe one week of practice, that, that seems like a pretty good uh, yes. pretty good streaming target. I'll also throw in Marvin Mims. Broncos are coming out of the bye week. There have been several quotes from Sean Payton about, you know, it's, it's on me to figure out ways to get him the ball more and get him more involved. So that's what we want to hear. Now, whether that'll actually lead him to using Marvin Mims ahead of you know, the, the various Saints castoffs that they've been using ahead of him remains to be seen. But I still like Marvin Mims' talent. I think he could carve out a role in Denver that that has some value for fantasy. To move on to some key storylines to watch for Sunday's games. And one of the big ones for me is it's our first chance to see San Francisco fully healthy in a couple of weeks. You know, George Kittle was massive with uh, Debo Samuel. Can he continue that? Does he return to just being, you know, a boomer bust low end starter for tight end? 
can Debo Samuel get going? You know, it's been kind of an up and down season for him. Can Brandon, I, you know, there's a lot of moving parts and this was always the concern for the 49ers coming into the season is can they figure out a way when everyone's healthy to keep them all involved in a way that keeps them all fantasy relevant? What are you expecting to see? Yeah, I'm expecting to see, uh, you know, overall just a very in tune offense. I think mm-hmm. I went back and looked at some of the recent Brock Purdy games and and those have kind of criticized him for it. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. Minnesota game until really through three quarters, he was good. And that mm-hmm. was without Debo Samuel. The offense is just so much easier to function with Samuel in there when less attention for Brandon Ayuk in the passing game. So I think overall just boost the offense entirely. But I do think what you mentioned earlier is the key takeaway, Chris, which is George Kittle is going to become a very frustrating fantasy yeah. start again, as he was last year when everyone was healthy. Let's move on to one guy who has a lot of, to prove this week, I think, because Tony Pollard, you know, I've been hammering him as a buy low candidate the past couple of weeks. Hasn't looked good. And last week, it makes sense. He was going against the Eagles. They're a very tough defense, especially to run the ball against. This week, he's got the Giants. The Cowboys are 16-point favorites. Now, the problem there is we have seen in situations where the Cowboys get out ahead or fall behind, uh, like that 49ers game, they'll they'll just, you know, kind of put Tony Pollard on ice and that's the concern here, but he did have two touchdowns the last time they faced the Giants in a 40 to nothing win. If Tony Pollard's going to unlock some of that first round upside, if he doesn't show it this week, it's going to be really hard for us to expect that, right? Completely agree with that. And and the issue with Pollard is he might show it this week in the fantasy box score by scoring multiple touchdowns again, like mm-hmm. he did week one against the Giants. But that ended up being fool's gold. I remember people yeah. looking at that. Like the issue is you look at all the advanced stats. Tony Pollard is just not the same player for some mm-hmm. reason that he was before the injury. He's low in, in avoided missed tackle rate. He's low in yards after contact. Everything he did from a fantasy standpoint that was exciting is no longer there. The only thing that's left is the role and yeah. You know, that can only take you so far. The irony is he he looks like Ezekiel Elliott yes. in this role. You don't want to hear the old Ezekiel Elliott. Not, yeah, not, old Ezekiel Elliott, not the good version. Last yeah. year's Ezekiel Elliott, the, the one we, we all wanted to see Tony Pollard playing ahead yeah. of. And, and one last storyline before we go is just, are we going to get a squeaky wheel game from George Pickens? You know, the... the the social media stuff, the leaving the the, pra- the the field early after Deontay Johnson's touchdown, a lot of criticism in the Pittsburgh media. Uh, Mike Tomlin said he doesn't really care about it. He downplayed it. He said it's like a pebble in his shoe, which is a weird metaphor because a pebble in your shoes is an annoying, annoying thing yeah. that gets worse the longer it's there. But we'll, <laughs> we'll grant him that. Um, do you think they'll they'll make an effort to get him involved? Or do you just think this is how the offense functions? No, I just think this is how the offense functions. I think you look at, uh, you know, Jacob Gibbs and I discussed this on Beyond the Box Court. It's like mm-hmm. there was one week where they used George Pickens on slants and different mm-hmm. uh, wide rider routes. And then right away, they went back to the old George Pickens style, which is three routes a game, three different style of routes a game. Mm-hmm. And it's just with that offense, Kenny Pickett. It's just there's not enough volume to go around in the first place, let alone if you're going to not be running a wide uh, array of routes. So I do not think so. Can Matt? Can someone tell Matt Canada that you're allowed to have multiple players on your offense who run different types of routes? <laughs> you don't have to just like, okay, George Pickens, you're just running go routes now that Deontay Johnson's back. It's We're not going to get into the Matt Canada thing. He's not no. going to be the offensive coordinator for the Steelers in 2024 anyway, so we right. don't have to worry about it for too much longer. That's going to do it for FFT and 5. We'll see you tomorrow.